0: Welcome to another episode of Crossroads in Culture, where life, ministry, and culture meet. I just want to take a few moments today to talk about the landmark decision by the Supreme Court to overturn uh, Roe v. Wade. Um, Although you can't legislate righteousness, it's worth celebrating when the nation's highest court acknowledges God's ways and that life is sacred. And so I, I believe this decision is worth celebrating because every person, whether they acknowledge the existence of God or not, has been created in the image of God, the one true God. And we see that in, in the book of Genesis, in Genesis chapter one. And because of that truth, which doesn't hinge on, on anyone's opinion, every person has intrinsic value and worth, either preborn or those outside the womb. There's nothing ambiguous about God's view regarding life as Scripture clearly points out in passages such as Jeremiah chapter 1, Genesis, uh, as we talked about, or as I mentioned just a few moments ago, um, Psalm 139, the book of Exodus, and Exodus chapter 20 and chapter 21. And there are, are many other passages of Scripture that we could look at that absolutely um, speak to the value and the sacredness of life. Pre-born, or those who live outside the womb as well. What, what, I'm, what I'm discouraged by, what, what bothers me, are the comments that I've heard from those who profess to be followers of Jesus. I mean, for those who, who would say that, that they're a follower of Christ, yet they seek to justify um, the killing of preborn children via abortion, what defense do you give to the giver of life, the one who created these children in his image? What, what is your defense? I mean, I don't, I don't think texting God a link to your favorite podcaster's woke view on pro-life is, is going to suffice, or, or the well-meaning blog post that seeks to articulate compassion for those who are post-womb and in need of loving care, yet doesn't have issue with a woman's choice to have an abortion. It just rings hollow. But, but seriously, how would you respond to the righteous judge? I mean, looking at the landscape of our society and culture, it, it's becoming increasingly clear that life is no longer valued as precious and priceless, but rather it's treated as non-essential and expendable. And the issue of abortion may be fought in the political arena and played out uh, on these media outlets that we that we read or that we listen to um, in our culture, but, but understand that this issue is not a political one. It's biblical. It's spiritual. And as a culture, we want a religion— and a text that bends to our preferences, what we want. And if what scripture teaches isn't convenient or comfortable, we undermine it or twist it or ignore it or reinterpret it and and even relabel it like from womb to tomb. Heard that phrase a lot before the election in 2020. We just want to relabel it. The reality is is that abortion is the murdering of preborn children who are created in the image of God. I mean, I read through Psalm 139, and really, it's not just this section that I'm about to read to you, but really, it's the whole Psalm. But David writes in Psalm 139, verse 18 and following, or verse 13 and following, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. In other words, David's saying, This is intrinsic. We know that we've been fearfully and wonderfully made. This is deep within David. He understands this. He goes on and says this in verse 15 My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret. Intricately woven in the depths of the earth. You saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. You know, there was a time when the argument was whether or not life began at conception, but because biologically we know that life begins at conception, the argument has become much more sinister to that of choice, the choice to allow a child to live or die. It doesn't sound much different than the Roman emperor giving a thumbs up or a thumbs down to determine the, f- the fate of a gladiator. It reminds me of the scene in, in the movie Gladiator. And Sadly, many have become indifferent, hardened, and even boastful regarding the killing of preborn children. Now, as a disclaimer, I'm about to play an audio clip of a woman who spews her view regarding her choice to kill her preborn child, and it's nothing short of evil. Now, there's strong language in this clip, so if you're listening the, to this in a car or you have children around, or if you're offended by strong language, then you need to know that, that this clip is, is going to have that. However, I do believe you need to hear this. Listen to this. Yo, no, these dumbasses were making a life on TikTok, and they were explaining about how, oh, pro-life is good, abortions are bad, yada, yada, all this and that. And I had to pop in and give my two cents, and they were like, you know, like, they're babies, it's a human, humans have rights, and you're gonna kill it? That's a murder. And I'm like, listen, bitch, I would get pregnant just to abort it. You can't argue with me, okay? I'm psycho. I would fucking kill it. I would push myself down the fucking stairs, I would jump out of a plane to kill that baby. I do not want to give birth. That's evil. It's wicked. And the hard truth is, for those who profess to be followers of Jesus, to be united, perhaps not in language, but in the same beliefs and worldview as those who see nothing wrong with the killing of preborn children, is doing the evil one's bidding. This is not of God. It's not only evil, but it's illogical. I mean, what makes no sense is that we've become a nation that says some lives matter and some don't. I mean, who gets to pick and choose that? We, we hear that trans lives matter and black lives matter, but the lives of pre-born children don't. The truth is all lives matter. God doesn't condone sin, but all lives matter. So on what basis are you making that determination as to which lives matter? That doesn't, that doesn't just sound arbitrary. It is. And whenever you throw away absolute truth, you have absolutely nothing to stand on. I'm going to close with this, that Again, if, if you're a follower of Jesus, and, and I'm, I'm really pleading with those who are followers of Christ or who profess to be, and I'm pleading with the church, is that I challenge you to do a couple things. First of all, study the words of Jesus, and not just his words, but the whole counsel of God's word, and see what he says, what God says about life. Not your definition or your adaptation or your deconstructed view of life. Not another person's opinionated blog about their definition of life, but what does God say about life in his word? And then secondly, when you stand before Jesus, the righteous judge, and every one of us will, what defense will you give for the beliefs you held and the actions you took or maybe didn't take regarding life? So today we should celebrate that the sanctity and the sacredness of life has been acknowledged by the Supreme Court, but even more, as followers of Jesus... We should, as the Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 13, celebrate and rejoice in the truth. Hey, thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to you joining me next time on Crossroads and Culture.